Hello and welcome to the What L2 and Podcast. Amy's on Broadway I... again. <laughs> and <Amy. laughs> every intro. And yep. we are joined by some very hungry people today. Nizzy? Is it breakfast yet? Mike? Yeah, I need lunch. Tommy? Oh, bagels! And our hungriest guest, Liam? Yo. We are a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. First and foremost, happy Mother's Day to Missy mm. and to our mama. Happy Mother's Day. And to all you mamas listening and to all your mama's mamas, happy Mother's Day. It's probably and like November all, just, when you're hearing this, but that's okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> every day can be Mother's Day. Oh, no, it'll get out there sooner. I also wanted to apologize because apparently my energy level was super low last week, and that's because I wasn't feeling great. So, <coughs> so she's making up for it. <laughs> oh yeah, big time! Oh, God, <laughs> very big the time. These attacks have happened. Oh man, <laughs> energy at full one blast. More? Can I get one more? Kill me. I don't think I have another one. Anyways, I wanted to apologize. <laughs> so yes, I am trying to make up for the energy. I really don't remember a lot of last week either, so that'll be fun <laughs> to edit. <laughs> well, Anywho. It was a lot of welcome to the one L two on podcast. Really? Oh. Yeah, it was you were you were trying to be energetic. Welcome to the one L two on podcast, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm Amy. And we're <laughs> we all looked at each other virtually, of course. I actually don't remember that at all. I oh, remember that. Well. Clears day. Apologies, apologies. First of all, how's everyone's week going? Doing, happening, working, working. Um, makes it stronger. It it goes <laughs> good. I moved this week, and I Yay! did my last class in my bachelor's degree, and I just have to do oh finals this week. And it Yay! is uh, my anniversary, which I was reminded of by Erin <laughs> texting me this morning, and she was reminded of by her aunt. So we both forgot it, which is great. Okay, good. Good sign. Good sign. Good. You were married in May? I thought it was yes. April. <laughs> no, one, one year ago, apparently. Or, Who would have thought? Happy anniversary. Damn. Oh, yeah. Happy, so many things. Happy anniversary. Wow. Go. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy moving day or week. Getting the, the, the new place cool. set up. It's a little echoey for my vocals, but I'll, I'll get some sound treatment in here shortly in the next week or so and really get it sounding much, much better. How was your week, Amy? It was pretty good. I did some editing. I played some Lego Star Wars because it was also May the 4th this past week. So, you know, I had to celebrate somehow. And honestly, playing that game, I really want to rewatch everything Star Wars again. So that might happen soon, too. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 please. But I'm thinking of skipping Clone Wars and just doing the movies oh, only okay. because... Okay, so you're more of an Ewan McGregor approach to this. First of all, shut your whole ass mouth. <laughs> Second of all, let me live my life. That's a lot. That's a lot to commit to because I want to watch the story continuously and not wait like two months to watch it the rest of the way. So I just, I think I'm going to rewatch all the Star Wars again. Yeah, but knowing how fast you watch things, Disney Plus already has them lined out chronological order for you to watch all of it the shows the movies do it yeah do it. Just watch do hey, it. Liam, we're almost done with rebels we've only got a few more episodes do you want to watch all the movies after that i'm not so sure about that one <laughs> <laughs> so missy okay. you and i will have watch a watch them party. on my own <laughs> no we could do a watch party together it'll be fine but yeah it's, it's a good week you know what i think star wars needs is to take a break. A reset button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, it's, it's kind of the same way I feel about Marvel movies right now. Yeah. I just Marvel want a later. rest. I don't want to watch any more of that stuff for the next five or ten years until they continue the story or reboot it or something. And I probably will because, you know, we'll have to talk about some of it. And I'll probably enjoy some of it as well. But it made my brain, I go, why am I watching this stuff? There, there's so much great media out there, and I'm like just limiting myself to the Disney corner. Yeah. yeah it's not really. I mean, Disney owns like everything corner. now. Yes. Yeah, of course. And it's, the problem is, is because they are enjoyable. It is fun to watch them, to talk about them. You know, it's, it's a very like. Topical. Yeah. Topical, mm -hmm. nerdy, current culture sort of thing. But 
I I just need a breather. I need something different. You hear that? Movie people make something different. Thank they, you. They uh, they know exactly what they're doing. They're <laughs> making billions of they're dollars making, every four yep. months. Like Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because us idiots are going to watch it, even if we don't want to. Yeah, I guess it's probably the fear of missing out that is mm-hmm. constantly driving a lot of people to see the shows and the movies and stuff. I think it's also the... Well, for some of us, it's the, if I don't watch it on my own when it comes out, people are going to talk about it and ruin it for me anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I'll yeah. never have the option to watch it. Yeah. And I, I know that there's going to be another, you know, Infinity War, like a really great movie within the entire series that I'm going to want to watch. But I also have to watch what? nine other movies leading up to that, and they will be of varying quality. And, yeah, you know, it's that that sort of thing is a little bit exhausting to me in terms of storytelling. It's fun to have this giant universe and all these movies. I'm really glad they made all that stuff. But same thing with Star Wars. I just I can tell the TV shows are going to be one of those things where you're supposed to watch every single TV show that comes out. And when I had to watch Boba Fett, I was just skipping through it. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Until I found out that you know, it was it was a different show halfway I through. I think there's an interesting distinction between the Star Wars franchise and the Star Trek franchise is while yes, there's some information that kind of plays off of one show the next or that's in one movie that they might reference. By and large, you can watch one show and never watch another show and be totally fine watching a movie or some new show that comes out. Like you don't have to watch everything. Whereas in Star Wars, it's become like you have to watch everything in order to have the up-to-date information on the little corner that you're into. Like, if you're interested in The Mandalorian, you're required to watch The Book of Boba Fett, even if you have zero interest in it. Like, It's almost it's like frustrating. classic Star Trek, and not New Trek, but I haven't seen it, but I don't desire it all, based upon what I've heard. It's like classic Star Trek wrote stories that had to hold up against each individual episode or across a season or two but star wars is just going for the nostalgia factor and that's their glue that's what they're they're using to get you stuck to it i think it also plays heavily into the idea that they're streaming it now so not only are they streaming it i mean they're releasing it an episode at a time but all the episodes are already done on top of there being like hundreds and hundreds of more people millions of more dollars being poured into these products so this this entire production is streamlined. It's like by the time this show comes out, this next show is already halfway through production and is about to come out next month. So it's like consistently hitting you with show after show after show. And you're watching something like, you know, old Trek that's just coming out like an episode a week. And you're like, okay, I'm going to enjoy this. Like these people took their time. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I think the problem is just oversaturating the market with the exact same story yeah you know your point of things coming out like week after week as opposed to all at once i I do love the fact that you can binge with streaming service when you can go back and watch an entire season all at once but i also understand the sort of need for space between episodes how it it allows you to ponder and try and figure out what's going to happen next i think watching game of thrones the final season it came out every week for six weeks and it was we were all talking about it at work and trying to figure out what was going to happen next and how they were going to beautifully wrap up all the plot lines and you know stuff like that yeah and as it as it went on we were just like oh boy okay this is happening now but i think that sort of idea that you can release things episodically and do it in you know a spaced out period shouldn't really be discounted in the age of streaming i know a bunch of services like hbo max and disney plus do that but it does give you a little bit of time to breathe and enjoy waiting for the service it's less that and that everyone had to meet at 8 p.m central time and after 8 p.m central time that was gone unless you recorded it yeah so i think that's what made it also unique so it's like okay i'm gonna sit down at this time watch this take it in because it's the only time i'm gonna watch it like i watched the new moon knight series and i was like well i'm not i'm not gonna just watch this episodically i'm just gonna watch it it's all when it all comes out whenever i want to because it's on my time now and just kind of taking in half-assed but yeah but it is the nice thing about 
new technology is being able to binge it whenever you want, especially if you have a weird schedule or it's like, oh, crap, I missed this week's episode because, you know, I had to work and I couldn't get out of it and I couldn't record it. Crap, now I'm going to be all out of whack. Whereas it's like, oh, okay, I'll just go on to, you know, Disney Plus and watch the next episode. It's fine. So it is it is nice for the convenience of it. I will say that. And it is nice because, you know, I especially with like the new Star Wars series, I have been waiting till they all come out and then I'll watch them on my time. You know, sometimes I'll binge it all in a day. One time I was really sick. I binged Boba Fett all in one day. And then other times it's like, okay, I want to watch two episodes today and then I'll watch some more tomorrow and then some more the next day or whatever it is. And I find that's really nice as well because it gives you that chance to take it at your own pace. But I do also agree there is a je ne sais quoi, I don't know if that's the correct, about being able to watch it episode to episode as it comes out. And I know that we've talked about this on the podcast before, but even with Battlestar Galactica, I feel like that one was so good to be able to watch episode from episode because there's so much going on and there's so much to talk about, and especially because there's a lot of things that are revealed and you have to try to fi- figure out like who's a Cylon and who's not. So it the you, series having that- about mystery and suspense. And exactly. And if you don't have the mystery and suspense in between episodes, you kind of lose that Charm. quality, that yeah. waiting. The waiting makes it more suspenseful. Yes, yeah. But so as there- soon as it's episodic- doesn't matter as much like just binge it series that's serial that those are the ones that spacing between the episodes matters a little more yeah episodic tv yes you could binge it and it you don't have to talk about it in between it may not be the same i guess it's that dopamine rush that you get Mm -hmm. when you're watching something and then it ends and you're going wait what's gonna happen next you know, you can immediately satisfy that, but is it going to be as satisfactory if you do it right away and right away and right away, or if you give it a little bit of space in between? So I kind of like classic TV. I understand 8 p.m. You had to be there, you know, streaming services. Netflix kind of introduced the no, you can just watch it all right now. I think that uh, I like a balance between the two when it, it's being released. Go ahead and do it maybe once every couple days maybe you know once a week something like that give it a little bit of space but then once it's all out there you can re-watch it as much as you it, want by binging it's all it. out there yeah yeah i think that's that seems to be the best approach and i think amazon is doing a thing where they release like three episodes at a time and then they'll wait a little mm-hmm. bit and release three more for certain series so yeah it's just an interesting approach to how you can actually release media and it can affect your overall viewing experience i think a lot of networks are playing around or streaming services are playing around with the formula they're trying to find that balance for their viewers because of course viewers now know they can get it all now and in a day in an age of instant gratification like gimme 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 but people are walking away less satisfied with the overall content because they get it all at once you know they consume their entire tub of ice cream all at once and now what now yeah. you throw up in the bathroom and you go buy more ice cream <laughs> you go buy more ice cream. <laughs> but it also means that like people expect more content to be released right when you're binging it it's like okay now what i want more do you think that that's changed the way that they have made series based upon how people are now viewing oh by binging sure. and everything Th- compared just to think like about trek you know think about the way series are changed just by the fact they don't have commercial breaks on streaming oh, services. Yeah. That's true, yeah. The writing is entirely different. You don't have those shocking moments where it's like, what? You're alive? Yeah. <laughs> to wait 60 seconds for the commercials to be over. Wow. Crap, crap, crap. Yeah, so Although, I mean, you'd run those to the bathroom to pee real quick. force you to, okay, just like having to wait a whole week for, oh my gosh, what just happened? And sitting there and thinking about it. When you have those little tiny surprise moments in the middle of a show, then you have a whole commercial ba- break to sit there and go, oh my gosh. And you don't get that anymore with streaming. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have to sit through commercials and I'm actually okay with no (laughs) commercial breaks. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'm fine with no commercials. I'm just saying that's another element that has changed the landscape of TV shows. I'm interested in how the streaming scape is going to shape up because right now it's starting to look a lot like cable again, where Mm -hmm. there is just, you know, TV bundles that you buy and your bill is going to be very high. 
I know a lot of streaming services are going to start adding commercials. Netflix has already said they're going to add commercials to their cheaper plans. So when you start, and Hulu obviously does that, when you start... Yeah, Peacock does it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, the, the I think the benefit of paying for a streaming service is that you not only get the content whenever you want, but you don't have to watch the commercials. You were the commercials. You were it was the what's what, what was the revenue? Word? Yeah, I mean it was it was the revenue. It was paying for you to watch the yeah. TV show. It paid to have the TV show created, so to speak, in the long run. But this has been a symptom over the entire lifespan of TV shows. I mean, originally when you purchased cable, it was no t or no commercials mm -hmm. cable is only for like just the free radio wave stuff or um commercials were for like the free radio wave stuff but cable oh i'm purchasing it so i don't have to have commercials then they start adding commercials and then with satellite tv you don't have to deal with commercials and they added commercials and now it's streaming tv you don't have to deal with commercials and now they're adding commercials so it's yeah. it's that capitalist mindset they're Companies are always going to get you hooked on a product and then add in new ways of revenue sources once you've already said, oh, I need this in my life. Yeah. I mean, endless growth is what every corporation is looking for. And they're always trying to figure out ways to make additional money, even if it harms their brand in the long run, mm -hmm. which is the unfortunate part, because you can kind of see it with Netflix right now. You know, they lost yeah. subscribers for the first time and their stock has been tanking. And when I read comments that people have about Netflix, they are constantly not talking about the fact they're introducing commercials or anything. The biggest complaint that I see from them is you come out with a TV show, you give it two seasons, maybe, and then you cancel it without resolution. And yeah. mm -hmm. you're just pumping out more and more and more TV shows and then raising prices and canceling it. Why do I want to keep watching a service where I feel betrayed because I am not going to get a resolution to these stories that you guys are telling. So it is interesting. I'm just, I'm curious. And obviously if I knew this, we would all be very rich. What is the next <laughs> Netflix? Because I, I've also noticed online that the idea of piracy has swung back hard in terms mm -hmm. of TV shows because people don't want to subscribe to 10 different streaming services just to watch a single show or two on each one. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see what it looks like. I, I will say, though, the good thing about streaming services is the rewatchability mm -hmm. of all of the media and all of the content, especially if it's like your favorite movie or, you know, your favorite TV show. Like it just being able to rewatch it over and over again, I think is really, really nice and kind of at your, you know, at your beck and call. Or if you're like, you know what? I don't actually really want to rewatch this today, but I'll rewatch it tomorrow instead. Like it's still there for you, which is, I mean, which is kind of what DVDs were, but now you have a, a much larger library open to you, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Something that I do find frustrating about though, is TV shows are contracted with streaming services based on certain seasons, right? So you could be watching a show, but you're only going to get specific seasons that, they have the rights to and it's very frustrating to be watching a series and you don't have all of the content or it doesn't even start on the first season amazon does that a lot netflix does that a lot but the one that really kills me is peacock they don't put full seasons out of their own content which kind of is mind-blowing to me including more recent series it's like okay you're only airing season two of something right now why aren't you putting season one of that yeah. on your streaming service that people are paying for like it does is it because another streaming service perhaps has the rights to it no first no it's like they're it's only available on their streaming service, the show itself, and then they don't even put the full content of the show. Mm. And they've done that with multiple shows. Interesting. So I don't know if they're trying to get people to purchase them additionally, yeah. or I don't know. It just, mm. it's kind of mind boggling. Yeah, I, I would assume. And it feels almost abusive of their of their audience. Yeah, uh, it, if you can't purchase it elsewhere, I would assume that a lot of times it is some kind of contractual thing that is preventing it from going on the streaming service that they probably wanted up there. But e even if it's produced by them, maybe the production company said that you can't put this season on the streaming service. It has to be on TV or something crazy, you know. 
I know with Netflix canceling TV shows, one thing I heard, don't know if it's actually the truth, is that after the second season has aired, if you are going on to a third season, then there is a uh, renegotiation of contracts that happens. And the production, like crew, the cast, all that, they get to then negotiate for much higher wages, which is oftentimes why you don't get continuous season after season for some shows that seem very popular is because really it was used as a placeholder for content and they don't want to renegotiate. I mean, you might have the occasional stranger things or something that blows up and is gigantic, but if you don't have a show like that, that people are all coming to watch, Mm -hmm. then maybe they cancel it after that. Again, don't know if that's actually well. And even then there's just because a show super popular doesn't guarantee anything on Netflix. Like, the show away was their most popular watched viewed whatever show ever it was unbelievably popular across all age groups and criteria and a few weeks after the last ep- or the last episode i don't remember how they did a few weeks after it, like they just cancel it they're like nah, it's too expensive we don't feel like figuring it out i've never heard of it yeah oh my gosh it's so good you should watch it it's about like the first manned mission to Mars and it's done very science. It's done scientifically. It's also got the drama or whatever, but they try to make it as realistic as possible. Is that the one with Steve Carell? Nope. No, that's okay. Then never mind. Space Force, I think. Space Force. Oh, <laughs> that guy canceled. I don't see yeah. either of them. Did so. it? Yeah, I've, I've not watched it. And to be honest, I haven't watched Netflix that much at all. The, the main streaming service that I use is HBO Max. I think it has the best content. Because you have really nice movies and you also have really good TV shows because HBO is fantastic for their TV shows. One TV show that I have started watching recently and I'm not done with it is Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. And it is a piratey show. Uh, It's a comedy. And to be honest, the first time I tried watching it, I got about 10 minutes in and just did not. I I knew what the show was going to be. And I was like, nope, this isn't for me. I don't like this. This is really bad. But I gave it a second chance, and when I went back, I watched the first episode again in its entirety, and now I am very on board with the overall concept. It's a slow burn, and I don't want to give too much away, but I think it gets funnier and more interesting, especially interesting as the show goes along with just the unique ways that they're doing their character interactions. So I highly recommend that. And Amy's yeah, been I've, watching it too, right? Yeah, I've been watching it too. That one is... Yeah, it was definitely weird at first. You have to kind of like just let it be, let it do its own thing. And then especially by episode two, you're like, yeah, okay, I'm into this. That's better to me than when, than when people are like, yeah, just watch the first season. It's crap, but then you'll get into it. It's like, no, I just have to one, watch one episode and then I'll be into it. Okay, I can do that. And the episodes are like a half an hour or something. So really nice and easy. But yeah, it's really funny. And yeah, definitely a slow burn, like Mike was saying, but it's got some really good characters and it's got a lot of pretty big names in it too which is it's fun yeah the uh what is it the guy that played hold holder he he's in it as well which i was like not expecting that i was like oh yeah he's got he's got some good comedic interactions in there everybody's in in that show is pretty funny in their own unique way is it created and a bunch of episodes directed by taika watiti it's created by i don't know if he directs a bunch of episodes i think he's directed a couple but he is also in in the show yeah, he's that fantastic. I knew. He, he's yeah. in a lot of the stuff he directs. Yes, which I can, he's great. I can almost pretty great. <laughs> always recommend the movie. I have not seen the TV show of what we do in the shadows. Oh, uh, that's such that. a good movie. It's so funny. What's it called? What we do in the shadows. It's based upon it's like a vampire documentary and it's really funny. Yeah, there there are there are some moments in there. I'm, I'm not a huge laugh out loud person from watching content and I laughed a bunch while watching that. I don't know what it was, but it just, it got me in the right ways. I heard the TV show is really good too. Yeah. There's a specific moment. you have to be into vampires to enjoy it? No. Oh no. No? You do not have to be into vampires to enjoy it. It's a, it's a mockumentary. Yeah. It's, it's a comedy. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a mockumentary about vampires. So I pretty much trust him as a director. He's a very unique and creative director. He's, he's very wacky in a lot of the stuff he does. And sometimes like, I feel like I'm watching Jojo Rabbit. Hey, the, a lot of the so stuff he does good. in that it's just out of left field and it works so well for the movie. Yeah, I, I really love him as a director. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much if if he's in any way, shape or fashion involved with a movie or a TV show, I'm like, yeah, I'm into it. Let's let's do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Who who's the director? Taika Waititi. He's done a bunch of comedy things, but he, he really kind of focuses on characters and then lets yeah. the performers be funny with the the kind of semi ridiculous things that he's been given. Yeah, exactly. So I know you didn't like it, but Thor Ragnarok was directed by him. So yeah. you can sign kind of. He's the one I have to blame for that. No, no, you have you have to blame the writers and directors of the first two movies for being bad. Facts. Damn, dang. <laughs> no, it, he it, also it, it was, he was also was in Thor Ragnarok. He was the the rock guy. Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, my name's Jeff or Cork, whatever. Oh, it was on. Yeah, that that was him who voiced I'm it. Not, I'm really not familiar with his work. Oh, just watch any of his stuff. It's good. Yeah, he's fun. Uh, he's the one writing the next Thor. Am I gonna yeah. like it? I don't know. So picky. Well, <laughs> he's no, also okay. writing I mean, all, a future are. Star Wars film. Great, uh, I'll watch it. Oh man, but yeah. you know me. I must love for Star Wars, so it's fine. God, just what really I try are. to get out. <laughs> also, I'd just like to point out we have talked about Star Wars. We Too have talked episodes. about yeah, uh, we're, we're hitting the, the MCU. We're what else the do we need to, to bring up? Podcast beats right we now. We got Star Trek in there a little. Yeah, too. we did get Star Trek in there a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to talk about like music production or? <laughs> so mm. the music in Star Wars is pretty <laughs> oh, good. No, no, we can't do this. <laughs> well, I can tell you, just like watching Our Flag Means Death and having given it a second chance, it definitely changed my opinion on it. It was a little bit different than a full second chance because I didn't watch it in its entirety. And then go back and watch it. But I oftentimes find that when I do watch things or consume media in general, I'll say my opinion on those things change quite a bit on second viewing sometimes, sometimes for a positive, sometimes for the negative. I can give an example in media in general. There's a bunch of albums that some of my friends growing up said were, you know, absolutely, you have to listen to this. This is the best album ever, the best band. It's fantastic. And I would listen to it and go, oh, that was really not anything good. I hated that. But everybody was so, so adamant that this music was great. And the one in particular that I'm really thinking about is a band called Brand New, and the album is A Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me or the devil and God are raging inside me. And uh, I listened to it and I was like, no, I do, I do not like this. And then I went back and listened to it a second time and I heard just one little catchy part to it. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. All right, but everything else is trash. And the more I listened to it, the more I fell deeply, deeply in love with that album. The production is so unique. The music is unlike anything I've heard from other bands. So I, sometimes viewing things a second time gives you a new life to that in, uh, material. And I was wondering if anybody else can think about a time that they watch something, listen to something, and their opinion on it changed quite heavily in that second or third viewing. I think to preface this, I, I think a lot of my second or third viewings of me trying to consume something and my opinion changing have been me growing up slowly and having more patience with a lot of things. I've noticed, especially in music, that oddly enough, a lot of the songs that I would listen to in the first 30 seconds that I would hate, I would you know click off of, and I wouldn't listen to the rest, but then I would go back and listen to the rest of those, and they would be something super special to me. A lot of Muse songs actually in the beginning of like listening and loving Muse. I I hated a lot of the starts of their songs, so I just skipped them. But it turns out a lot of the starts of their songs are just, I feel like they're shitty on purpose. And then all of a sudden, they just like burst into this really catchy groove. Like one of the songs that I'm, I'm talking about is The Groove by Muse. And it starts off with like this horrible not in tune guitar using pinch harmonics with drums going everywhere and it all like it's literally 30 seconds of this and then it goes straight into a groovy beat and before i could not get through that but now i'm just like absolutely like let's do it another one of these things is for me personally and i know for you as well mike is the witcher 3 oh my (laughs) god did i i could not stand the witcher 3 like the first six times i tried playing because the tutorial was an entire island and you could spend 15 freaking hours on it. And it wasn't until I was like, OK, you know, what? I'm just going to get past this tutorial. I'm actually going to try to care about the story where the world opens up to you and you want to explore. You appreciate the beauty and the art like you appreciate the writing. You appreciate the music so much more like the game is telling you, oh, yeah, here's 
here's what you do. Here's how to f- have fun. And I never listened to the game. I was always like, no, I want to do this. I want to do that. So I think a-, a lot of things for me center around patience, like how fast my patience is lost within you know, my first or second viewings. And if, if I'm in a day where I'm like, I, you know what? I have the patience for this. I'll just, I'll, I'll do it. Like Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh my God. I imagine five years ago, I, I would not be able to watch them, but now I love them. I'm like, these are so much fun. They're, they're great. Definitely the Witcher and a lot of Muse songs that have that effect on me where I'm like, I need to go back and listen to them or play it. It's an interesting. What, what do you think got you over that patience hurdle? I think it was just the... When you have 97 out of 100 people telling you something is good and you're just listening to that three, I kind of had to shift my mindset and be like, okay, what are they finding out of it that I'm not? So I can also find enjoyment out of this. And I think that happens a lot. I think definitely like listening to reviewers that I respect or just in in general, hearing people's opinions, seeing ratings like, I don't know, it's like sometimes it is true. Sometimes I just don't like a thing that's very popular with other people. But sometimes I'm just like, okay, maybe I need to sit down and actually find what people find enjoyment out of this like what am i doing wrong i tend to look in inward i guess to figure out what i'm doing wrong to then enjoy something else but yeah Hmm. interesting i think it's interesting when you're talking about watching stuff that's already popular i know when i watched so i have two examples one is frozen I didn't want to watch Frozen because so many people, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. It's so good. But because so many people wanted me to watch it, I was like, no, it's stupid and I hate it. But I'd never seen it. And I watched it the first time. I was like, yeah, it's all right, I guess. I can see why it's popular, but it's stupid. And I watched it again voluntarily years later on my own and realized this is actually a pretty good movie. Yes, it has its flaws, but I loved the fact that was mostly a story about sisters and like from the fact that I have my sister it it felt very relatable in that context but it it felt very relatable and I realized going at it after it was not popular anymore and realizing like okay let me watch this from like an unbiased I'm going in it let me pretend like I'm seeing this for the first time I realized like wow it's actually a pretty good movie I'm not a super fan of it I don't love it like I think everybody else does, but I understand it better and I appreciate it better upon that second viewing. Hmm. And I think it's just in general, it's so so funny when you have stories that are so popular or songs or movies or whatever it is, and everyone's like, won't shut up about watching it. And you're like, oh, I feel like finally when you do watch it on your own terms, yeah, I find myself enjoying it so much more. And realizing like, oh, yeah, OK, it's popular for a reason because it's it's pretty good. Like, I get it now. I have not watched Frozen because of the same reason, because I've heard it's good and I just didn't care about it. And why do I want to watch another Disney princess movie? But I know it's not that, you know, I know it's something, yeah. something different. So it's one of those things that I've just never seen. And I've heard a lot of people say it's good. And I did it for the same reason. I just was like, yeah, I don't want to watch that. I actually watched the second one voluntarily because I knew that I had at least enjoyed my experience watching the first one. And I really enjoyed the second one as well, specifically the music. I actually liked music in the second one a lot more. It was it was way better than I expected it to be, especially for like a Disney sequel. And <laughs> I enjoyed the themes that they, they chose to take and the direction they chose to take the characters. So if you ever are bored with Aaron or whatever, <laughs> I'd say maybe give it a, a shot. Unfortunately, Erin does not like sitting down, so wow. she always has a project point. she wants to do or build or <laughs> some place that she wants to take me. So unfortunately, I don't don't get that. Well, I knew that you were going through the Pixar movies at least. So that was yeah. if you wanted to wanted to just on the off occasion, maybe she's like broken a leg and she can't go anywhere. Oh, God, maybe you no. break that leg. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I break her leg. She breaks everything of mine. <laughs> Yeah, but only if she can catch you. Oh, she can catch me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gotta break both of them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Look, it's my anniversary. I love my wife. I'm not going to break her legs. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, But my other example was Pirates of the Caribbean. I I don't remember watching it for the first time, but I remember watching it and being like, "Hurt, like I love the music. Let's watch this." And I think it was Missy. You were like, "Yeah, we we see we saw this already." 
I'm like, I was the one that was like, oh my gosh, there's this movie coming out. We have to see it. It looks so good. And you were like, that looks really dumb. You're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, this looks like the stupidest thing you possibly. And I made you watch it. And I, I, one, and then after you said, like, yeah, you've seen it before. I made you watch it. You didn't like it. I remember that. I remember going, like, oh, yeah, I remember being like, this is so boring. Why am I watching this? And watching it the second time absolutely fell in love with it it was my whole life for so many years for like 10 years you were obsessed <laughs> yeah i mean still obsessed still number one movie i've got multiple pirates tattoos it's a thing but it's so interesting to me that my favorite movie that was such a huge part of my life i brushed off as this dumb movie that i don't ever want to see again hmm. and it wasn't until i heard a, a compilation of the music that i was like where's this music from i have to watch this movie that i it was cool that it was like the music that brought me back into it. And then watching it, I was like, this is amazing. I, I don't know why I've never seen this before. And yeah. So anyways, I thought that was funny. One day we're going to do a Mike talks about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies on the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. That should be good. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that a should be really good. pirate podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have a mm-hmm. lot of things to say about a <laughs> franchise that is not going to get a sequel for a very long time. <laughs> If ever, I think an, another odd thing that changes my opinions on second viewing is like how well in a movie ages. So if you take oh, any movie yeah. from Mel Brooks, that's aged <laughs> horribly. <laughs> and on upon second viewing, you're like, uh, at least right now, I'm like, oh yikes! You sit there and oh, you laugh uncomfortably, oh, if at yeah, all. very very uncomfortably. And I think. So I don't know why, but I was like, you know, I'm going to watch X-Men Days of Future Past. Or sorry, not that one. First Class is the one I watched. And my opinion kind of stayed the same, but only because I I liked a lot of things more. And then I disliked a lot of things upon second viewing. I think a lot of it has to do with the odd, like, sexism they felt the need to put into the movie because they thought it was going to be funny or they thought there would be a cool like scene, but it didn't really work. It just felt a little cringy. And then a lot of the stuff that I loved was the music enhancing a scene in that movie. So the music's done by Henry Jackman, and he's done stuff like Captain America Civil War and a few episodes of The Man in the High Castle. So he's done some some pretty fun stuff and definitely X-Men First Class is like music. Oh my gosh, it elevated so many wonderful scenes. Like it, it just took it to the absolute next level. And then you get to the awkward like writing and dialogue that sometimes the movie has, and you're like, oh, I don't that feels weird. So my opinion changed, but the rating I suppose I would give the movie kind of stayed the same because it was like some things were elevated and some things were hmm. not very good. I, age. <laughs> I remember watching that the first time and I was like, this was amazing. I really, really liked it. I thought it was great. And then I watched it like three years later and I went, oh, this is not like, good. Ooh. I don't know what <laughs> happened in my opinion, but I remember not liking it at, well, I mean, not, it wasn't not liking it at all. It was just totally different experience watching it several years later. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of movies have done that to me recently, just because you know, growing up and then being a better person. So a lot of a lot of movies just haven't aged well. And a lot of times, it's the direction that society has moved in general, and what is acceptable or not acceptable, or a throwaway comment that was meaningless then is suddenly very cringe now. Mm -hmm. You can just see how much society has changed over the years and the last few decades with how they approach things. Well, and it'll even be interesting in like 10 years from now, going back and watching movies that are okay standards for today and seeing, oh, man, I can't believe that we let them get away with that. And I can't believe they said that. And so it'd be interesting to see what it is right now that is considered, you know, cancel culture in 10 years. Mm -hmm. That is really true. Yeah, Yeah, that's why creating a work of art that stands the test of time can be very difficult, especially comedy. Comedy is the Number one thing oh, yeah. that really mm-hmm. does not age too well, unless it is a truly classic piece that is kind of universal. So a lot of Shakespeare's comedies, they can be redone and actually they work pretty well because it is a very nice basic idea of what comedy is, what makes people laugh, 
human interactions, but it is not making like a sexist joke for a quick laugh that we then find very upsetting, you know, several years later. Yeah. <laughs> you said yeah. Shakespearean comedy at works, and the first thing that popped in my head was Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> that, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, but if you redo those, okay, you're, yeah. you're true. I think the core of it yeah most of shakespeare yeah yeah. it can be adapted to so many different cultures or time periods or themes that it has a lot of flexibility it's just that just happened to be the first thing that popped in my head i was like there's no perfect artists (laughs) (laughs) only perfect art question mark i guess it depends (laughs) That, that that is also a really interesting topic of conversation because artwork is not only based upon what the artist wants you to feel but also what you actually interpret from it so there's a dual layer sort of thing to it i don't think there's ever any perfect art uh, that uh, at least i'll speak on my half i don't think i've ever created perfect art and i don't think i ever will because my desire to make something better than what it currently is is just Mm -hmm. never seems to be tamed i always want it to be better production quality a nicer story anything like slightly better i don't think there is any perfect art that exists anywhere yeah because art is created with imperfect hands or imperfect ideas or or imperfect tools like there's imperfect beings can't create something perfect have you tried cookies they're pretty perfect <sighs> they're pretty damn close but <laughs> they can always be better right like that's a thing you can always improve upon something there's always some little way it can be tweaked or molded or changed to make it even better than it is i see therefore art is the drive for perfection it's a pursuit of perfection in an imperfect world i i I, I do feel like well since art is subjective and immediately you're putting human opinions on it like nothing can be perfect nothing ever will be perfect but it could be perfect to a singular person like Mm -hmm. emi thinks the pirates movies are perfect you know no 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 i don't she thinks they are one of the pirates movies is perfect yes thank you but mike doesn't for me exactly yeah i think that's that's kind of something might hit home really hard with someone and then everything in that piece just feels absolutely tuned to them, perfect for them, but another person it isn't. I think it's interesting as well. A lot of times the artwork that people that I, at least speaking for myself, the artwork that I have created that I hate, people love. Mm. And it's so fascinating seeing something that you've tried to perfect and be like, this is garbage. This is trash. And then like you were saying, it might be perfect for you, but seeing someone saying like, no, your trash is my treasure. Like it is absolute Mm. gold to me. It is so perfect. And so I think it's so interesting as well that if you're saying art is the pursuit of perfection, even in the impurities and the imperfectness, you can still, someone can still find perfection in that. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what's really cool with art as well because like mike was saying like it's so interpretive and it's so interpretive for each person including the artists themselves yeah but that's why i I know we will get knocked for enjoying some of the things that we enjoy but it's okay to enjoy things that you enjoy (laughs) a better way to put that so i know that we all talked on the podcast about one of our like favorite games to come out in 2021 and it was battlefield 2042 which is universally hated but i had a lot of fun playing with you and yeah i still really like it even though i had a lot of problems so as a as a art piece it is subjective you know i understand it's a product and you're trying to sell it to you that but that's what art is in general Yeah. yeah yeah there you go but i yeah i still really enjoyed the the base of it even though so many other people will tell me that i have trash taste and i don't know what i'm talking about but i think i do know what i'm talking about because i understand why they have problems with it but i still enjoyed it myself it's it's okay to like different things right yes (laughs) yeah Yeah, we don't all have to be the same yeah that'd be awful yeah it would i'm boring boring now missy or liam did you guys have anything that you enjoyed or really didn't enjoy upon second viewing I tend to approach viewing things differently than most people because I'm just a different person. 
when I'm watching something the first time, I am scrubbing through the content to find clues to figure out what is happening or what's going to happen before it happens. Because for me, I get the greatest satisfaction out of both figuring out what's going on before it's revealed. Like I just it's like a puzzle I have to solve, right? But also being completely like blown away by something despite the fact that I did scrub through all the clues, you know? Mm. So the first time I look or I watch something, that's what I'll, that's what I'm doing. I'm focusing on trying to solve what I'm watching. And it's the second time that I watch it now that I have the answers. I go back and look at all the little pieces. I, I analyze the characters. I'm enjoying more of the scenery in the background and and the littler details about the environment and the content. Uh, so I, I just have a much different way of approaching things. But in that approach, have you found that your enjoyment for movies a second time is better or worse? I usually enjoy almost everything I watch more the second time because I'm now absorbing more of the details that maybe most people focus on more the first time around. So my approach for me enhances my viewing the second time. And I almost always can watch something two or three times and it pretty close together and really enjoy watching it. It's like a movie because I know this is one of your favorite movies, if I'm not mistaken. Like, how do you feel about the prestige the second time? I loved it. I was going through and looking for all the clues that I missed the first time around and and going, oh, my gosh, of course, you know, like Mm. with with some of the items and the little the little gems that they had put in. I've probably watched that movie like a hundred times. I've watched it with subtitles on to like scrub through the script and picked up on stuff. It's just in my opinion, the prestige is as close to a perfect movie as you can get the way it it's done. But it, I can't really think of any movie that I didn't or that I enjoyed less the second time around based on how I watch stuff. It's just oftentimes I'll be kind of hesitant about a movie and then the second time around I'll enjoy it more. But there are times when I didn't enjoy it the first time around and I still don't enjoy it the second time around. It doesn't necessarily get worse for me though. I can't think of any examples worse than content. It, the Bourne series... I don't get it. I don't get why people like it. I think it's dumb. It's boring. It's I just do not. It, I can't wrap my brain around why people are so into it. Because it changed action movies. Maybe. Yeah, but it wasn't an action movie. It was billed as an action movie, but it wasn't. It was a drama. And so when I approached it the first time, I was like, what is this? This is supposed to be like, you know, a high action, advent- not adventure, but. I was expecting more to it than there was, and it was just this drama with little pockets of action in it. So I didn't watch it again for like 10 years, and I didn't watch any of the other ones, because like, well, the first one sucked. I'm not interested in this. Flash forward, Liam makes me watch it again a few years ago. I'm like, okay, maybe now the second time around, I'll enjoy it more because I know that it's not really a high action movie. I know what I'm getting into, but enough time has passed. I've forgotten the plot so I can approach it from that. Ooh, curious mystery kind of solve it perspective. Watch again. Still hated it. I didn't hate it more. I just didn't enjoy it at all and walked away just as confused, but for different reasons, I guess the second time around. I just and I watched like all of them and I just was bored. <laughs> I just didn't get the appeal. So. It's, it's interesting because I I would personally say that the Bourne movies, and I, I don't care about the quality of them, but I'm doing just in terms of definition, is an action thriller through and through. There are so many action scenes throughout the entire thing, and they're small ones. They're short, but it's interesting that you don't see it as an action movie, whereas like that's the first thing I think of when I think of Bourne movies is action thrillers. I would say the second and third one are definitely action thrillers, but the yeah. first one is way too slow pace and way too... the There's way less i guess action scenes it was a lot more about the figuring everything out yeah for it to be an action thriller i guess what what do you need in terms of amount of action to be considered an action movie if it doesn't have like a 30 minute battle at the end of it it's clearly not (laughs) (laughs) so every marvel movie if the action is the focus the action sequences are the focus of the film it's an action movie but if the dramatic sequences are the focus of the film. It's a drama. And I felt like the action was 
supplemental to the drama in the first one. And the second and third one, it, they were definitely action. But that first one, the action was merely there to support the dramatic story that they were telling, not to be the story yeah. itself. Okay. I, I know that the, the, when it came out, it did change the way that action movies were filmed, like action sequences, because of how quick his movements are and mm-hmm. how you know rapid and planned out and, and precise, whereas before that, it was kind of, you know, you had a fight and people would punch each other nice and slowly. And, oh, that really hurt. Oh, I'm going to stumble for a second. I'm going to punch now. Bam, and then, pow, yeah, the, the Bourne series <laughs> oh, came beautiful. along and he's Bowling just right there. doing super quick moves and knocking people out like instantaneously or doing these small, small movements that are very precise. And I remember everybody was talking about you've got to see it because of this sort of thing which it changed the genre you can definitely see from then on how it affected future movies like the john wick series Mm. and stuff like that oh yeah another series i did not enjoy there's no story there's no plot in john wick it's just how many people can we kill in a minute yeah, it's great. It's yeah, boring to me. yeah. That's what, it's awesome. I, it's just to go into that movie knowing that. It's, it's I will a say, I didn't know what the movies were about going into it when I watched it. I was just like, oh, okay, let's watch that. That's cool. No, no, it wasn't cool. <laughs> I like the first two. The third one, I it was like, okay, this is just more of the same. But That's the first two I thought were pretty good. I do have to agree with Missy. I don't really like the Bourne series either, mostly because it just, to me, they were just kind of boring. And I, I don't even really remember any action sequences or drama. I just remember being like, this story is not interesting to me. And so and I've seen bits and parts of the other films. And I know that our father loves the Bourne series. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it a few weeks ago, too. He's like, oh, we, that's a movie we shall watch again. I was like, no, you can watch it without me. That's fine. He's like, you don't like the Bourne series? like yeah no i don't like them and he's like this is brand new information to me i was like no no it is not you just forgot Mm, yeah but we all know our father loves some good old schlock that man oh he loves he loves action movies that were made to be released in the 80s regardless of when they were actually made (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, which i mean they're fun sometimes too i think if you go into a movie like that knowing what you're kind of getting you're not getting something profound you know especially like with john wick it is not a movie that is about you know deep character development or something i do like the lore that they create for their assassin world it that is pretty interesting to me because you've never seen anything you know you get coins and you go to a hotel and it's neutral territory that sort of thing was like oh okay this is this is unique fun but if you know it's just a shoot 'em up action movie with ridiculous sequences that have not been seen before. It's it is pushing a genre and I think it's it's worthy of it that way. But I know not all people get entertainment from that sort of thing. So no. Yeah, it's not I tend to like the more mental aspects of a movie or series as opposed to the action or the fighting at least. Like I'm not I don't enjoy it. I've seen one fight. I've seen them all, really. I don't enjoy, like, how many different ways can you pull a punch or shoot a gun? Who cares? But this also goes back to the fact that you don't like a lot of combat. Yeah, I'm not... Exactly. I'm not really into the combat side of stuff, either. You don't like confrontation in general. And it could be in any kind of major media. I mean, not... Confrontation, I guess, is different. But, yeah, fighting confrontation. I don't necessarily like the one-on-one style. Like, because I enjoy war movies. Which that's I where would, Liam gets it from. <laughs> I would say is is you know confrontation and fighting <laughs> at its extreme. highest point. Yeah, yeah. You like big battles, but you don't like little fights. Yeah, you so probably I think that's what it is. I was gonna say you like puzzles, and I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of war is a yeah. large scale puzzle. So that it might really be is. why it's that kind of combat. Puzzle. Yeah, so that to figure out. Yeah, that might be why that kind of combat. Com- combat? combat combat is interesting to you whereas a single hand-to-hand fight mm-hmm. even though there might be strategy within that fight there's not a broader scale to it and it's not yeah. as puzzling well, to figure out i feel like a lot of times sequences just go on for too long there it's like 
tell me a story. You're not telling me a story. You're telling me you're a good fighter or a bad one. I don't enjoy the long drawn out fighting. Whereas like a lot of times in a war sequence, you're seeing different pockets of, you know, the military or, you know, if it's way back in the day, you've got the cavalry over here and the artillery over there. And so you're seeing different aspects happening at one time. And it's not necessarily this really long drawn out sequence. There's variety to it. John Wick is the perfect example of like a lack of variety, even though he's doing different moves in cool ways. It's just the same thing for, you know, two hours. It's just watching the same person fight his way out of an impossible situation and somehow get out of it again and again and again. Do you see the merit from an artistic perspective of creating something Absolutely. new like that? Just Absolutely. Okay. And I understand you just, I you, other people. You don't appeal. enjoy it. It's not a, not a problem. Yeah. It's yeah. not my thing, but I have no problem with other people liking it. And I understand the appeal to other people. I understand why people are into those type of things. It's just not for me. Yeah. I just don't. I do. I think the way that you kind of put it, combining Missy and Tommy a little bit in their approaches to viewing things a second time, if I don't like something upon first viewing, but then I know that a bunch of people are saying this is the best thing ever for whatever reason. I will sometimes view it a second time with that intention of why do people like this? And that, that is the puzzle mm-hmm. for me. And then I try, yeah. I, I try and go in oftentimes with a more open mind and be like, what is the artistic merit? What did it do different than other things or anything? And, and yeah, uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And I go, you know, no, I don't, don't want to watch that again. So is there something unique about this or is it just cookie cutter? Yeah. Now, Liam, did you have anything? Uh, not that I could think of really not like any specific things it just depends on the whole product together really the only movie i remembered having a very extreme different view of first and second time was probably solo a star wars story the first time i liked it i had very little expectation and i went into it and i was like you know what this is gonna be terrible it's fine i'll still watch it and i came out of it thoroughly surprised i was actually good and i really enjoyed it i enjoyed the story the action everything then I watched it the second time and I thoroughly hated it. I thought it was terrible. It was so boring. There was like nothing there of actual substance. It was just a movie that existed <laughs> with nothing to tell. And so I don't know what the difference was, but there was a difference. You know, I, I went into that movie with the same mindset. Like I specifically avoided it for a long time until I think it was you, Liam, who said something about it Mm -hmm. being good and i I went okay i'll watch it i guess and i was pleasantly surprised but Mm -hmm. i don't have a desire to watch it again because (laughs) i think that's the trick yeah just watch it once (laughs) when you watch a movie once does this movie have retail value (laughs) the reason why i watched it a second time is because me and mom were going through all star wars again that's true got it and so i left halfway through solo to go to the bathroom and I stayed in the bathroom for a long time. <laughs> he just brought his phone with him. I was just playing till like the movie's done. So where'd Liam go? Oh, like, I'll pause it. No, it's okay, mom. Don't worry about it. I, I think rewatching Star Wars is is one of those things for me. Like the more I rewatch it, the less I enjoy it mm. and the movies. And I just I don't I mean there's so much other content out there to watch, so why not? You know? Talking about rewatching stuff. What is one movie or TV show that you wish you could watch again for the first time. We could do an entire podcast on that oh, specific yeah. thing. Yeah. Definitely could. The, the first next experience. Okay, yeah, we can do that podcast. next week. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, that's your little sneak peek. Yeah. Is that we apparently have a lot to talk about next yeah. week. It's, and I think what we should do is talk about wanting a first experience from a piece of media again. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Play, play a video game yeah. for the first time or watch a movie, listen to a song, whatever it is. You know, you want that first experience. You want to be put back into that childlike state of wonder. Ugh, heroin, man, if I get that first <laughs> hit again. <laughs> give me that driving. dragon. <laughs> well, cool. We can, we can absolutely talk about that next week. So I think we'll actually wrap up here. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Listeners from all across the nations. <laughs> probably our one listener which is maybe our mom who has stopped listening at this point because we yeah. probably said a bad word or two <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Seriously, though, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you hanging out with us and hearing our ridiculous opinions on stuff that you probably don't care about. And that's okay. We hope you enjoyed it anyways. And we would love to hear from you. What are some of your movies or media in general that you have gone back a second time and either hated or loved? We'd love to see, you know, what kind of stuff you you have uh, up your sleeve and what you what your opinions are on it. And also... Let us know what kind of streaming services do you use and can we have your password? Please and thank you. We would love to hear from you so you can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit at 1L2N Productions or on our website, which is 1L2NProductions.com. And if you like what we're doing and you want to show your support, you can head on over to our Patreon. And the last word of the day goes to Missy. Take it away. Well, I wasn't prepared for this one. Uh, if you have the money, go donate to charity. It might not mean anything to you, but it could mean everything to them. Mm-hmm.